Welcome to Five Star Weekly. This week we name our ultimate Atlanta United five-a-side, take a dip in the mailbag, and we update you on COVID-19 and its impact on the football world. All that and more coming up. Welcome to the show, Five Star Fam. I'm AJ and this is Tanner and Mark. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. This segment is sponsored by Thinking Man Tavern, a cozy Decatur neighborhood pub. Grab a tasty beverage from a wide variety of selections and a plate of something delicious from the menu. To go, check out Thinking Man Tavern. Hope you all are staving off boredom and staying safe. Let's get into the headlines and highlights from the past week. And first up is Jose Martinez. Our number seven is rehabbing on floor number seven. Is that a good omen? I'll take all the good omens I can get at this point. Uh, with Joseph and his knee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, plus, he's back on crutches, so that's great to see. And, uh, you know, we're just all hoping for the best for Joseph Martinez in uh, this time. I'm sure he's probably a little bit lonely up in Pittsburgh where he's doing his rehabilitation. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where hopefully he's staving off also the, you know, COVID-19 there as well. Scary times. Um, because yeah. yeah, him having this to deal with that. Now. God, that's although maybe like the thing of him being stuck in the building working on rehab, maybe it'll help him rehab better. So he'll be back faster whenever it is that he does come back. And I think we talked about it last week with the surgery. He did a different type of uh ACL surgery that people usually don't do, or that Zlatan did, or something like that. And right. so hopefully, you know, if he's rehabbing and he's stuck there because he can't leave because of the the um, quarantine, maybe he'll be back quicker. Right. And, you know, okay, we cannot uh, just dismiss that Tanner has <laughs> completely shaved his face. And, uh, yeah, I look about 12. Pretend, yeah, we're pretending we didn't, didn't see it or anything yeah, like that. Speaking no. of Zlatan, yeah, my Zlatan's gone now, the whole, exactly. the whole thing. I have a chin and a face. I was bored. I mean, the whole thought process is outside of this interaction. I mean, I won't have to see another human until I can grow it back. So, like, if I decide to grow it out again, you'll never know what I look like in person. Very true, very true. But uh, anyway, so let's move on to P.T. Martinez. And uh, he posts for the first time during the quarantine. Uh, he's on a stationary bike on his patio. And he's got his family in the kitchen, heartwarming to see that, uh, yeah, he's been able to uh, be with his family. Obviously, last season was a little bit tough on him without his uh, full family there for the majority of the beginning of it. And yeah, he's getting more and more acclimated. I think his mother is even in town, so probably good if they wanted some, even some uh, alone time, if they wanted to take a walk, even. So, uh, you know, and not have to babysit the kid, even. But uh, apparently the stationary bikes that you've seen from several of the players uh, are actually from the club's training facility. That's per Felipe Cardenas of The Athletic on a tweet. Uh, they received that as part of their conditioning program, and I, I'm sure there's a Peloton joke in there somewhere, but uh, <laughs> but it is one of those things where, I mean, they need to stay fit somehow, because if we're going to be where it's going to be a shutdown and we can't even go to the park or uh, go where there's, you know, a lot of people at all, I mean, they need some sort of way to, to be able to, you know, be in their tip-top shape, and that's going to be really difficult. And I mean, if you think about it, these athletes are like finely tuned. Like even the bike is probably not going to be enough. Yeah. No, I mean, like all of this, like athletes are creatures of habit, you know what I mean? So like this 
you know, this obviously like it's not the most important thing, but it's really disrupting, you know, their season, their routines. And so and I think that's one of the considerations uh, for Major League Soccer when they are coming back, when they set a return date is, you know, these teams are probably going to need at least a couple weeks worth of scrimmages and whatnot. They'll probably, you might see some teams uh, try to schedule something on the fly just to, just to get them warmed up. Because yeah, to go from cold turkey to playing games, like it's not going to do any, any good for the quality of the play. Yeah, and especially the probably amount of uh, weekday matches that we probably will have. They have aimed to play for 34 games, so it will be just a conundrum for sure for yeah. everyone involved. I mean, is two weeks enough, though? I mean, usually this is basically like almost a mini offseason. By the time that they get back to playing again, it was like a second offseason. So, yes, the guys will have less miles in the legs, but also you have to be, you know, like, like Mark said, you have to be at match fitness. Otherwise, you run the risk of injury. So you, you want to be able to be in that match fitness. And it's almost like a second preseason. So, I mean, I would certainly hope they don't just rush back in and just try to get the games going as soon as possible because that would be pretty stupid. Indeed. But uh, they have continued and extended the training moratorium to April 3rd. So, yeah, uh, today is the 25th, so at least a couple more weeks, it seems, if my math is correct, I think. But, um, yeah, and so, you know, that's when they can even start uh, group training in that sense. But uh, the other caveat in there is that uh, while there is this time, MLS players can uh, at least go out of their market uh, if it's actually allowed. Uh, it's going to be a case-by-case uh, and it'll be by car. And so, obviously, our South American players cannot go home. But uh, maybe some of the other ones that, if they live in California, they can do a little road trip. It'll be interesting for them. But right. either way. But anyway, speaking of South American players, Ezekiel Barco spoke with TYC. And he spoke about a possible return to his first club, Independiente. He said, quote, I want to go back to El Rojo. First, I want to go to Europe as I'm only 20, but I promised I'd return. And he also has a little uh, kind of weird tie with Sergio Aguero as well, is that uh, if Aguero calls him in one year to go, he said, quote, I'd be back if he called, I would. Which, uh, yeah, it, it's a whole conundrum of like how he would even be uh, able to go back to Independiente anyway. It would be like on loan if it even were. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, having that, it's, it's kind of sh too because you have a super young guy and then Aguero, who's kind of near on the tail end of his career, probably never going to happen, right? Yeah, I mean, with his game, he's just going to keep scoring 30 goals a season for somebody if he's not hurt. And it's, I think, even more of the adage of, you know, the Argentine leagues are somewhat kind of a retirement league of sorts. You got Tevez there. Yeah. Uh, they've been trying to get, um, you know, PSG's, um, I'm blanking right now for whatever. Oh, uh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, but they're trying to get, uh, you know, one of PSG's strikers. And so... Uh, it's it's a strange thing to begin with. Um, I think he's just being asked by a South American outlet, and of course he's going to say he's going to go back to his uh, original club, right? So yeah. yeah. Um, Our but old anyway, TYC. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good old TYC. Yeah. But um, Cavani, Edison Cavani. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, my god. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> anyway, so uh, goalkeeper Alec Can, he has been lauding the medical professionals that have been keeping us uh, alive and, uh, you know, just doing so much for society. He said, quote, I've been thinking a lot about people who are putting their lives on the line every day to make sure that this virus is contained and that people survive. To the nurses out there, the doctors, we are very thankful. Me and the rest of the guys on the team, we are very thankful for what they do. Just to all the fans, hang in there. It's not easy for everyone. We will get through it together. When it's back and we are playing in front of 70,000 people again, I think people will appreciate what we have here even more because it was taken away. And that was uh, per Doug Roberson on AJC. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's... Obviously, uh, yeah, he states it really beautifully there. And, I mean, you know, us as fans, I mean, dang, we are uh, definitely reeling. There's a lack of, uh, you know, the five stripes, definitely a huge void in our lives right now. And it was yeah. just long enough of a tease to be like, oh, you have it, and it's gone. Like yeah. the old Geico commercial <laughs> with the fishing pole with the $1 <laughs> bill of Atlanta United. You nearly had it. You nearly yep. had your MLS, and there it goes. It was Dude. what uh, five games, right? We had five yeah. games yeah. of uh, total, you know, in all competitions, and then it's. Oh, man, yeah, I know it was just getting interesting too, especially with the Sporting KC game coming. I was really looking forward to that game in particular, just from like a quality standpoint. It's true. And, yeah, and they were so, playing well. Yeah. We were overperforming, arguably. Arguably, right? Yeah, and so yeah, I mean, we were about to find out. I feel like about Elena, especially after you know the beatdown in Mexico. So yeah, but uh, yeah, it kind of sucks actually. If that's like the last the note we have to end on, but it's whatever. Look Indeed. again. My thing is that it's less time that we're missing from Joseph, so it's a freebie. Like all this time, it sucks, but like Joseph, I mean. True. Do we really want to play games without Joseph? Not True. really. So this little act of heaven is bad, but also good if you're being optimistic and glass half full, I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah. Silver lining for sure. Yeah. Silver wow. lining. Hey, yeah. that and Liverpool might not win the title, which would be hilarious. Oh, so. oh, it's banter. It's banter. Okay. No, uh, no Liverpool fans here, obviously, but definitely there are some watching. So uh, maybe commiserations. Nope. Maybe. Nope. Maybe. Nope. <laughs> but uh. Uh, but anyway, moving on. So, um, yes, at 8 p.m. in Midtown Atlanta, everyone there has been clapping the people in the hospitals working tirelessly. Uh, we're not quite Italy in terms of like the singing and the beautiful guitar playing that they've been doing, but it's still a beautiful gesture. Nonetheless, kind of goes along with what Alec Can is saying as well. I mean, yeah, I don't think... Uh, you know, just the Italian, like just like folk music. Even we just we're not we're not that talented. And I think uh, well, that in the, the way States. the cities are. You know what I mean? We're so spread out. And Midtown, I guess, is more compact. But you just have the, all these old historical Italian buildings so close to each other with these little balconies, and it just it's a bit more special there, I guess, because it's Italy and not Midtown I, Atlanta. I can't think of a song that like everybody would rally around. You know what I mean? I just feel I mean, like it'd probably be by song. Outcast or something. <laughs> but maybe in Atlanta, maybe. maybe. Having, no, no, no. All of, having all of Midtown sing Hey Ya. <laughs> yeah, which is actually a really sad song, actually. Yeah. But, uh, we won't get into that. But, <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, so, something that was happy, at least, uh, was the San Jose v. Atlanta match from yesteryear. The one in 2018 where we came back and it was a 4-1 score and then we turned it around to a 4-3. 
Uh, yeah, and uh, it was one of those five stripe after dark type of matches. But oh, yeah. uh, Darren Eels, the president, he recounted on Reddit uh, his first person account of the experience there and that fourth goal. He said on Reddit, uh, so when San Jose's fourth goal went in, I stormed out of the technical box and stomped up and down the corridor outside, kicking the metaphorical cat. I was furious. I came back into the box and Joseph was stepping up to take the penalty. Unbelievable. I knew we would win at that moment. He's just, he's one of us. Y'all. Yeah, I mean. seriously. Oh my God. I mean, the funny thing is we cannot forget the most memorable thing of that whole game is that it was a minute and 40 seconds between the time that the handball happened and the penalty was called. I had forgotten how bad those broadcasters were. They are just like, I would rather it be silent for the entire 90 minutes than have to listen to those guys. They are I've, so bad. I've seen some silent streams and I'm, you know, I'm oddly cool with it sometimes. I'm just like, it's kind of zen. I mean, yeah, that or like right. the random Russian or French stream where just like, I yeah. don't know where this is coming from, but I'm listening to Russian or French now. Would be Wait, better. Do you mean that you uh, illegally stream? <laughs> illegal streams still works before they shut most of those things down. But I mean, that game had so much in it. I mean, you had a Tito banger. You had horrible and unlucky defending. I mean, Danny Hosen scored a hell of a goal for San Jose. And then you just have that little weird moment of you have the penalty, then Miggy scores the equalizer a few minutes later off of another penalty that the ref yes. plays advantage on. Yes. And Miggy looks at him and is just like, yo, you're going to give us a penalty? He's like, no. And he's like, oh, well, I have the ball. May as well score now. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, right. what is going on? <laughs> He literally looks at the ref and it's like, oh, the ball. Oh, the goal. <laughs> okay. He looks at the ref, argues like, oh, whatever. It just carries on. And it's just like time just froze for a second. It's just like, what is happening? Although I kind of get what Darren Eels, it was one of those moments where like, when you get a call like that, it just sucked everything out of San Jose's sales. And they just felt like everything was going against them after that. And then they just kind of collapsed. And it was just one of those things that, that shows what kind of a title winning team Atlanta had had. Although I will add, forgot that um brian mc not brian chris mccann played left back that was weird yeah no i mean uh yeah he uh he had some yeah. defensive interventions and whatnot but yeah he definitely wasn't really going forward but i mean yeah it was yeah he got rinsed a little bit but uh and I, I think it's arguably why the score line was maybe the way it was a little bit we had some deficiencies for sure when uh certain players were in the team and that's just kind of Vako took five guys' souls by himself on that third goal. I that mean, the defending on the third goal was shocking. I mean, I think he sold LGP, McCann, Escobar, Gressel, and then maybe one other person in there. I think but it was, was just, uh, unfortunately the last person that saw him. Yeah, it was just, court. it was, he just, everybody. And I don't remember, I was like, I'm not even mad. Like, I'm mad, but like at the same time, he just sold everyone a dream. So that was a hell of a goal. Agreed, agreed. But also, seeing Wondolowski miserable is fantastic. And that's I will what never it was, forgive, yeah. I will never forgive him for 2014, and yeah. he just gets so angry, it's hilarious. They were incredibly salty. I think that's why, yeah, I think, you know, when your leaders can't even focus on the game, then there it is. They've lost their head, and that's yeah. probably why the scoreline uh, was the way it was. But uh, anyway, speaking of leaders and Parky, Parky challenged the uh, LNI president again, uh, Darren Eels, to a new challenge. Uh, opposite foot keepy uppies. He did, I think, 36 or 32, something like that. But uh, not to be outdone, uh, the president, uh, he hit 40 head keepy uppies. And uh, he said, quote, hey, um, 
MF Parkers. I always think it's Michael fucking Parkers, but it's <laughs> Michael, whatever his middle name is, Parkhurst. Um, <laughs> he said, as you know, I'm a cultured midfielder who doesn't have a weak foot, so I went with headers instead. Crushed you, but even uh, the worthy cause, because I'm happy to match your $100 donation to ACFB. Stay safe. Uh, yeah, just kind of a uh, fun little banter from uh, the president and our former captain. But uh, yeah, Darren Eels, he's got some techers, man. I mean, he's just one of those guys that, uh, you know, he's got sneaky skills for sure. I thought he was going to have an accident, like when he's juggling <laughs> on his head, like moving around. I was like, no, don't, don't. But he, he was on top of it, man. It's Dude, true, expect yeah. one of his sons to just run out of nowhere, just two foot him or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but I think his son was cheering him on and you can hear in the background and it was very sweet, very sweet. But um, yeah, so the Atlanta United Academy staff also did a collaborative stay at home challenge as well. Uh, they kind of did it like the Nike commercial that you've seen in uh, past years where, yeah, it just goes from, you know, kind of scene to scene where they uh, yeah bounce the toilet roll around, uh, you know, good different stuff to see. Uh, also from the Atlanta United Academy as well, some of the kids. Uh, they did one of those trick shots where it bounced off of the garage uh, door wall or just the garage wall and then they uh, hit it into the basketball net and uh, apparently it was one take and the first take apparently so okay all right we've got some uh, some kids that have a lot of techers as well and uh, you know some of the LNI two players did it as well but none from the current first team that I've noticed have done any of this curiously what the hell's going on why are they all so just curmudgeons on social media right now <laughs> maybe they're uh working on their own things yeah but what should they do if they do do one i mean any suggestions i mean at this point everything's kind of already been done so it's like who's going to be creative and original and pull something out i mean if anyone's going to do something i feel like like a escobar or remedy could pull something funny out of there and just do something i feel like joseph would have done something if he wasn't otherwise indisposed so yeah i don't know we'll see i mean so i figure someone will do something at some point because they'll just be bored enough to do it right i think so yeah and maybe it's just like uh you know all the players they don't know each other enough maybe and uh because it's still yeah we have like 12 or 13 new players on the team so they were just kind of uh they don't each other a month so <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah but uh but anyway let's move on uh some uh really heartwarming news arthur and blake family foundation they announced nearly 5.4 million in funding for the coronavirus relief efforts and this will help the nonprofits in Atlanta and Montana, where he also has a home. Just, man, Uncle Arthur is the best. I mean, holy crap. Wow. Uh, but uh, other, other, uh, you know, I, think, I guess, you know, famous people uh, that have donated in the uh, past and present uh, of this past week has also been Messi. He donated 1 million euros uh he did it for between a hospital in barcelona and another in argentina uh sergio ramos not to be outdone he donated uh 264,000 masks and 15,000 testing kits and then uh messi's former coach pep guardiola he donated 1 million euros to fight uh coronavirus as well uh with uh the angel solar daniel foundation 
Uh, Conor McGregor also donated one, uh, yeah, donated one million euros worth of hospital equipment. Uh, Roger Federer as well, one million Swiss francs, and Rihanna also donated five million. And uh, you know, she's coming out of nowhere, but she's uh, yeah, doing her part as well. The famous people are coming yeah. together and. Yeah, definitely, you know, looking out for the well, people. Well, at least some rich people are, you know, trying to look out for the people right now, because so many aren't. <laughs> Indeed. We won't get into politics on this show, so we'll move on very quickly. <laughs> is that politics? No, 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 I get you. I get you. It is, but it no, is, it's it. great. It's, it's it's great to see. Uh, yeah, and then you can see, but like, you see where all this uh, donations are going. It's to hospital equipment, you know, hospital, I guess. Um... They need facilities. They need beds. They need ventilators. Like they need masks. Like and that's all... like as of today, which is the, we're recording from the twenty fifth, where or I, was, I guess maybe yesterday, where Atlanta said all of its ICU, you know, wards are full right now already. Mm-hmm. And it's like this thing hasn't even gotten nearly as bad as it's supposed to get in terms of like number of cases and stuff. Also, a chief Dude. medical off, uh, officer, whatever, the down in Albany said the same thing about uh, the 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 hospital system down there in Albany, Georgia. You know, so. Like, yeah, and uh, like, exactly what you said, exactly, so it's, yeah, it's crazy I, so, yeah, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, you're seeing the humanity, I guess, from some individuals, from a lot of people. For sure. But, uh, yeah, uh, Michael Owen, a former Ballon d'Or winner, he uh, reminded <laughs> us all of his Ballon d'Or Ooh. trophy, uh, <laughs> once upon a time, is this the world's biggest flex, he basically, yeah, you can see right now, he kicks it onto his Ballon d'Or trophy. Not really. That's not what happened. It was already on there. And <laughs> <laughs> it's rotating. It's just, it's, I think, the world's weirdest flex, probably. I mean, if you. A can, very weird man. If you can recall Michael Owen and his Ballon d'Or, it's, uh, yeah, I mean. He I was guess. really good when he was young. And then his hamstring fell off. And then he went to Madrid. And, yeah. Um,. Yeah. But uh, speaking of a former Liverpool person, uh, or a Liverpool person as well, uh, James Milner, he's lost his damn mind. <laughs> he is bored. He, bored. He, named, he named his coronavirus isolation 11, and I mean, uh, I don't even know. I mean, we'll just play it. Hi, guys. Here's the team for today. We have Joe Hart and Gold. We have not a lead but a walker, Kyle Walker right back. John Terry's chocolate orange. Dominic Matteo. Leeds legend, Trevor Cherry. David Silva. David Batty. If we rub this lamp, a genie will appear. Genie Wijnaldum. Patrick Berger. Thierry Henry. Jeff Horsfield, and on the bench, Brett Friedel, Gabriel Heinstein, Frank Lampard, couldn't play him because I didn't want his wires getting crossed with Genie in the middle, Rule Fox, Titi Kamara, David Healy, and last but not least, Lewis Dunk. Managed by Fabio Capella. And, I mean, it's ridiculous. He loves you- a good pun. <laughs> Wow. Like, he's John really Terry committed to the damage. <laughs> like, yeah. Frank Lampard. I mean, uh, at least Thierry Henry got a shout out in there. And I'll uh, I'll stop making fun of him just because he said that. But 
David Silver. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. Really? It's oh. he seems like the type of guy that would love a good dad joke and a good pun though. Yeah. It's true, Absolutely. but you know, he has the the nickname of boring boring James Milner and he's definitely just flipped out on its head. He is now like weirdo weirdo James Milner. There's also the video of him like in his backyard cutting the grass with scissors as well. Like <laughs> yeah, he's, that's right. he's fully lost it. He's he's gone full native like my man is just—he's putting out some great content, which yeah. is painful for me to see because I'm just like, dang, I'm starting to like this guy who played for City and now plays for Liverpool. Yeah. So I can't really like him, ever. At he's all. like one of those players who have always—I think—I more recently have appreciated him, but before I'm just like, this guy, him? <laughs> What's he doing in the starting eleven? Yeah, no, he's actually—I think yeah, very underrated. I think yeah, he, uh, he, he has been—you know—been able to to play any position and. Yeah pretty solidly at any position for really, I think, very, very good teams. So, yeah. uh, but anyway, moving on, the Tokyo Olympics will be staged in uh, summer 2021 at the latest, apparently. That's uh, unfortunate for the Olympics, and but, I mean, it's uh, part and parcel of what's happening in the world right now. Um, moving on from that, Manuel Neuer of Bayern Munich, uh, he mentioned that uh, basically, the squad has agreed to a 20% salary cut so that the other club employees will continue to be paid. He said, quote, that it was the least we could do. Uh, I, I agree, I think. I mean, that's, uh, you know, highly paid athletes that are probably, you know, getting money hand over fist to a degree. And, you know, if you... It will be kind of awkward if, uh, you know, you have your kit man and he's like, you know, not even really being able to survive the past uh, however much time it'll be. I feel maybe this is just a stretch here. I feel like Bayern probably has the money to pay their staff anyway. So, like, I mean, I'm glad the players are doing it. It's a nice gesture and it looks good. But, like, also at the same time, it's like. Byron has the money to pay their staff for a while. Like, let's be realistic. Like, Manchester United are paying their staff as well. Like, a lot of other big clubs are choosing to do that. But also, you can see, like, some clubs aren't as good as good financial shape. Like, Barcelona, they're not in a great place right now because of their wage bill and paying all the employees that work there. So, it's just like, some of these clubs, even though they're massive, don't have all of their finances in order. They're kind of yeah. finding that out. And it's also, I think, though, uh, some of the German clubs, they are owned by, you know, partially fans as well. So maybe it is a little bit to kind of offset a little bit of that if uh, the fans feel like they're being hard done a little. So could be that. Yeah, but it helps for Bayern when the the non-fan ownership that you have in your group is Audi, Adidas, and (laughs) Allianz. So it's like... You've got some pretty good, you know, multi-billion dollar companies backing you up there. I think you'll be okay. Right. <laughs> Very true, though. Yeah. Uh, so, also speaking of Liverpool, uh, at least two or three topics ago, uh, yeah, they will apparently begin the group training next week. That's actually going to be video call training sessions to help keep the fitness levels and team morale up. So, uh, yeah, it's not quite as what you think. They're not kind of congregating together and yeah they're gonna all maybe have coronavirus after that no it will not be that uh yeah sorry (laughs) didn't make make you spew it's funny Uh, because it's liverpool yeah (laughs) but uh (laughs) jesus we don't hate liverpool that much oh man i know i know (laughs) tanner does do you know what's not on this whole rack of scarves (laughs) a liverpool scarf there is not one there is an arsenal scarf (laughs) 
There is an arsenal. Yeah, there's an arsenal. Uh, it's up at the top. It's up here, right How do you next. Have that? See, uh, oh, Arsenal, right Chelsea, Chelsea. Huh. Tottenham, Fulham, another many eyes, Leicester. Uh, there's a Sunderland, a West Ham. That's just, there's never going to be a City or an Liverpool, and that's basically the point. I'm, I'm mad that you have the spuds up there. So, well, whatever. But look, Kelly arranged this, not me. So, like, I used to have, have it. it. <laughs> I know, but I'm not gonna. I don't feel like it, it takes work to deal with this. And so, like, it used to be where I have like the teams I like on the top row, and Arsenal is up there because I have multiple friends who are Arsenal fans. But Chelsea and uh, Tottenham, Tottenham's on the bottom one because let's be honest, like it's Tottenham. So, like, come on. <laughs> but yeah. We're gonna piss off so many different types of fans. In this what episode. else am I supposed to do right now? <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> anyway, so uh, let's move on. In our last piece of news, the Wellington Phoenix. Uh, they are based in Sydney, Australia, uh, apparently. Anyway, and uh, their players have alleged to be, have stolen a golf cart, and after drinking, they uh, were yeah. They were a little reckless with the golf cart, and they uh, could be uh, in a little bit of trouble. But uh, very interesting. Don't be like those Wellington Phoenix players. <laughs> I mean, it could be worse. They could have been Allen Party's West Brom when they went to Barcelona and stole a taxi cab. So, like, could be worse. Could have stolen a cab. Theft. Yeah. yeah, that actually <laughs> happened. Yeah. Good job. They got relegated that year, by the way, at West Brom. Shock <laughs> development. I know. Yeah. Who would have thought? Alan Park. So, yep. Right. Yeah. right. You know, team bonding, stealing a cab. Man. <laughs> I mean, how many, like, how many people can actually steal a cab? It's like what, like max four, five right. people. Right. Yeah. I mean, how much team bonding is that really? But um, anyway, so that does it for the news, and that gets us to buy or sell. And simply, we put up an Alan United topic, and we say if we buy or sell it, and give our reasons why. Our topic of this one is MLS should avoid the first or MLS should void the first two weeks of the season, buy or sell. We'll go with Tanner first. I'm going to sell it. Um, yes, there's been a gap in between, but the two games still happened. If you want to hit your 34 league mark to add two more games to that, you end up playing 36, I guess. I just don't see why they'd want to do anything to add any more games at this point whenever they do decide to start things back. And so, yes, unfortunately, you know, they did happen before everything happened, but there was no way you could have expected things to get shut down for so long. So I think that they should stand, and I think that they will stand. Mark? Yeah, uh, I'm going to buy it if it gets uh, delayed anymore. Like, I think right now it's, they're trying to come back in May. May 10th, I think, was the unofficial date that they put out there. But, um, yeah, I think they if they have to delay it any more than that and it's into June, I mean, like, that would be, like, three months off of when they last played. And then, so they would have to do, like, what we talked about before, some sort of uh, exhibition period or some sort of preseason. And, um, and I just don't think, like, I think also at that point, like, if, you know, this continues and it has to be pushed back even further, I just don't think the 34 games are, are possible. And so if it is a case of where they're going to have to adjust the schedule, cancel a game here or there, then I think they may as well just start from scratch for 2020, just do a special season. Obviously, we know the situation and then just go again in 2021 if they can play again this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I sell it on how it's constructed currently, I guess. If, uh, you know, if what you're talking about, Mark, if uh, they had to void part of it because 
Maybe it's only like you're only playing uh, teams in your division. Maybe something like that. Okay, sure. Void because obviously some teams have already played from the other conference. Um, but I think, yeah, if it gets delayed, sure, it should uh, maybe be considered to like. But I think you already have those two games. Then it's like, well, we're not going to try to fit more games or anything like that. So why would they try to void? Uh, especially also with the argument of, you know, uh, Liverpool, if they have their season voided, well, you know, that's a whole, like, why should we void after two games? It'll be very interesting. Lots of arguments. Do it. This. Do it. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> but uh, I think, yeah, it's just, we got to keep it, keep them because we played them, so. We also have to think about the fact that, like, you know, for teams that are new this year, like Nashville, Miami, what do you tell Nashville that that first game against Atlanta wasn't actually their first ever game? It wasn't their inaugural game. Those moments and everything that they shared together didn't count. You're going to take that away from them and say, yeah, so it's like, I I don't see how you do that. I mean, I just think that the games are going to stand and they'll just end up rescheduling it however they reschedule it just based upon the time. But, like, I just adding more games just doesn't seem like something that they want to do at this point in time for any reason whatsoever in my opinion yeah uh so let's uh move on to our next segment and that's reverse pass and let's have a little fun this week in this segment where we pick our ultimate atlanta united five aside and the rules are they can have played for the five stripes for any period of time but we must all agree and also uh we'll also for fun pick our favorite english clubs ultimate five aside as well very very briefly but uh and that would be man you obviously for tanner if you don't know it's man you by now then you haven't been i don't know what to tell you yeah (laughs) chelsea for mark and arsenal for me but anyway so uh let's go through uh from the back and obviously i think this one's easy guzan obviously is the goal right it's easier for lenny do you have uh three four years to pick through really indeed uh so for you tanner who uh who is up next for you so i think you have to have at least one defender in there at some point in time and for me um i'm actually gonna go with with meza i think that he's calm on the ball he's quick in his decision making he doesn't hang out on it and he seems to just pop across the back and get everything done plus you don't really have to be tall for five side true mark for defender uh yes Oh, you don't yeah. have to choose a defender either, but, you know, we'll still have to agree, so. <laughs> right, 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 uh, Yeah, I think uh, after Guzan, this is one of the positions I struggled with, right? Because there's, like, two or three that's, like, I think pretty easy that we're all probably going to have in there. But, uh, like, you mentioned Guzan. But uh, I think the defender I would go with is Parker. Because, like, he's, you know, he could read the game. Um, he was actually pretty solid in one-on-one situations. I remember, like, the first game I went to, which was that rain delay game versus Houston. Like, Michael Parker's one of the players that stood out to me when Houston was, like, on the break. And he was just, like, it was it was just great watching him, like, manage those situations, even though, like, you know, he's obviously giving up speed. So, I think, uh, yeah, just his ability to read the game, defend, play out of the back and all that, I think Mark Parker, Parkhurst for me is the defender I'll go with. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I almost chose Parkhurst. I almost chose LGP. I'm not going to choose uh, neither of those people. I'm going to choose Franco Escobar. Ooh. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. That's so, a good one. No, that's yeah, a good one. Put on the ball. Uh, he's got pace for days, um, you know, and he's a guy that can, I think, handle himself uh, in the small sided game as well. 
Uh, yeah, so the conundrum now is who do uh, we choose out of those? Oh, I, I'm, I'm going to go to Escobar if you bring that up. Great point. Escobar. I'm actually, I'm actually yeah, going to agree on I Escobar. Can't, can't yeah, no, because... That. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is, I'm so mad for Escobar that, you know, how 2020 is playing out. Because I was just so yeah. excited for him this season. But yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, and to be fair, you don't really need pace in a five-a-side game, but it is like if he, you know, is playing up, and you know he will be playing up, uh, yeah. he can at least track back very, very quickly. And I think, yeah, it's a. What I like about game. Escobar is that he's versatile. Like I think he can play all over the field, even on the left side. So yeah, in a five-a-side game, I think it'd be great actually. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, Mark, who's up after that for you? Um, well, I'm going to go with one of the easy ones. Miggy is obviously in this team. Like, he has to be in this team somehow. And so, yeah, I think uh, he's he's doing his thing that he normally does. But in a five-a-side setting, should work out great. Okay. Tanner? Yeah, I mean, I can't really argue with Miggy. Although I will say some of Miggy's biggest attributes are his pace and his ability in space. And he is incredibly one-footed. Like, he is incredibly one-footed, and we know that. Left foot, good. Right foot, standing leg. Um, so how does that apply in five-a-side? I don't know, but at the same time, his talent is what's undeniable, and he is one of the most talented players to ever pull on the red, black, and gold. So I'll agree with you on Miguel Almiron. Oh, okay. You guys put me in a little tough spot then. All right, well, might be overruled, but uh, I think Darlington Nagby is uh, my guy right there in front. Of, uh, of Escobar, I think because, yeah, I mean, you know, in terms of distribution, in terms of keeping the ball, you're not going to be able to get it off of him in this five-a-side uh, as well. He's very good in tight spaces. Um, I mean, you need a guy in uh, a five-a-side team that can do that. And then basically, I mean, you just give it to him and, <laughs> you know, you just have forwards. Everybody else is a forward. So, uh, you know, I mean, I for me, my thing guys. is, I, I would I would include both. So yeah. for me personally, okay. I would include both of those players. So okay. that leaves so. you now with what one more player to go with Parker with with. Uh, so you have a defense. You have we have Escobar. We have Nagby. Well, we have three, uh, well three. Well, I mean, don't you have five? Are we going six then? No, no you have Guzan is four. If we, if we take Nagby and uh, Almiron, is that what you're saying? Yeah. If you yeah, take yeah. both of them, you have one more player. I, I oh, want, you wouldn't take this. You wouldn't want Almiron. I okay. Well, let, we'll revisit this one then. All right. All right. <laughs> Let's move so, on to the okay. Next one. How about this? So, so we have Guzan. We have uh -huh. Escobar. We all agree Joseph Martinez. I would imagine, yes. right? We yeah. all agree so, Joseph Martinez. So we all agree Joseph Martinez. So that's three for me yeah. personally. If I had to bring two more players into that team, I think both Petey Martinez and Ezekiel Barco have to be nominated there, both because they're good in tight spaces and they're technically good on the ball. Out of the two of them. I would probably take Barco. I'd take Barco. Yep. So I think Barco safer. probably has to be in the side. Yes. He's a little safer. He's, uh, yeah, definitely. I think, uh, you know, in terms of, I think, a final ball, like he's got a little bit more of that as well. Um, you know, just I think the pass accuracy is pretty important here as well. If you lose the ball here, I mean, they don't have to go very far for them to score. So, yeah, I think Barco and Joseph were the guys above that. I didn't have Miggy in this five-a-side. I know it's blasphemous, but it's just one of those where you don't need pace. And you I already mean, have I, I a would, ton of pace. 
So. I would tend to agree with you on that. I mean, at this point, if you have Barco and Joseph up front, you need someone else who can run all over the pitch. And if you have someone in five-a-side who just has relentless fitness and can just run everywhere constantly, especially if, the they're, ball off. especially if they're tidying the ball and you can't get the ball off of them, that is something that is incredible. So, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll be fine with dropping Mickey for Darlington Nagy. I have no problem with that. Okay, okay. Mark, where, yeah. uh, where were you feeling? What? I think so. My my side was uh, was originally Parkhurst, uh, Miggy, Nagby, and Joseph. Now I agree on Escobar. So like Parkhurst out, mm-hmm. but uh, oh, that's tough. Like if I had to choose between Miggy or Nagby, uh, yeah, I think I guess Nagby, because like okay, if the other spots. Barco or PD. I think there's a fair shot for PD actually. Because I think there is a fair shot for PD. Absolutely, there is. Yeah, because yeah. he, he can pull the strings, and I think like the mm-hmm. tight spaces like would be his strength totally. Uh, and like he wouldn't be shy of shooting, and you know he might hit one. <laughs> but uh, long distance shots not really, uh, you know, not really imperative. It, it sure you can you know uh, here and there, but uh, I think Barco can finesse it pretty decently. I think Nagby can probably even score in five asides. I mean, I think yeah, if it came down to dropping a defender in five aside, then you just drop Escobar and have Pity, Joseph, Barco, and Nagby, and you just have four technical guys, right. and then obviously Guzan and Net if you didn't need a defender. Because I mean, I, I feel like you, I would in, in small side, I would probably actually when you talk about it include Pity over over Miggy just because they're the types of players how they do and how small sided games work. Yeah. I would take yeah. I would take Pity over over Miggy. But right now, I guess the uh, I guess the vote is if it's Nagby or Miggy, because I guess our ultimate five aside would be so far, Guzan, Escobar, Joe. Well, I guess in a sense, really, Barco. it's more of Barco versus uh, Miggy for for Mark because he he would he would have Nagby yep. in the side. He said so. It comes down to would he have Barco over Pit over over Miggy? That's really the sticking point now. I mean, otherwise yeah. we all agree. What yeah. you got, Mark? Uh, I think. Wait, so you guys, you guys have Barco on the side, definitely. So yeah, I have. I definitely have Barco on the side. Okay. Yeah, I can. Pretty much overrule, I guess. But I mean, we don't have to be unanimous, but we can. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we gotta settle this somehow. I can. No, I can. I can. uh, I can roll with uh, Barco and I guess Nagby. So I know that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yep. So, Guzan. Escobar, Nagby, Barco, and Joseph. I think, yeah, they're scoring tons of goals. They're and if you def- don't need a defender, chuck Pity in there. <laughs> exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. All right. That was fun. Uh, well, now also, really quickly, then, our <laughs> ultimate five asides of all time for our English clubs. We'll go with you, Mark, first for that. Right, so yeah, Chelsea FC, the Blues, as I've talked about, not nearly as much as Tanner talks about United, but still <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Um, yeah, it was the same kind of thing where I think like the, the first, I think three or four players were easy to pick. It's Peter Cech in goal, John Terry in the back, um, Lampard, you know, all-time goal scorer, playmaking midfielder, has to be there for us. Um, and... I think I would have Drogba in there because, like, he, he individually, like, he would just score some ridiculous goals. Like, AJ, I'm sure you're very familiar with this, but, like, 
Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna get you. <laughs> Go on. So yeah. I think uh yeah, my team would be like mostly big bodies and uh uh but with still like decent amount of skill and the fifth player for me would be Hazard, just cause uh He's like personal favorite of mine. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, but uh, like I think for Hazard for me, it's emotional. It's an emotional thing because I started watching football in 2009, 10, and so like those aforementioned guys, they were like very much a part of the Chelsea core already. Whereas with Hazard, I saw the day like he arrived. I even remember assigning him and not really expecting that to ever happen. And then yeah, his career. There's been some dips, but for the most part, it's been pretty good. And he's just been like a joy to watch. He's that kind of player. He's just like, he does fun stuff. He makes people look silly like uh, Francis Coughlin. And uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, not uh... our best player. So, <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, that's that's my uh, all time five aside from Chelsea. OK, uh, uh, I'll go next. Um, so, OK, Arsenal, definitely, I think. Uh... In terms of the best goalkeeper for Arsenal is David Seaman, that's for sure. Uh, Jans Lehmann, sure, because he's part of the Invincibles, gets a shout, but I think it's David Seaman that's uh, you know far and away. Uh, Tony Adams, that's, yeah, I mean, just the best defender for uh, Arsenal ever. And um, this one, obviously, uh, you know, I, I think it's... it's it I can feel like I can well. guess at least two of the other guys you're going to say. Yeah. I think this is pretty easy. Uh, pretty easy for Arsenal, anyway. Uh, Patrick Vieira, I think, is my midfielder. Right. He's your do-it-all guy. You know, he's that guy that can score your goals. He can be that steal in the midfield as well. Um, yep. Thierry Henry, of course, is uh, up top. But, uh, and this is not a surprise, Dennis Bergkamp, I think, is also part of that five-a-side. Uh, I think if you know anything about Arsenal, it's, yeah, those two guys are probably the... Uh, one and one A, like best players that have played for Arsenal for sure. Yeah, uh, if you could drop, if you could drop your defender, if you could drop Tony Adams and <laughs> add another player, would you have Santi Cazorla? <laughs> <laughs> I would, because yeah, I think his uh, his skill set plays really, really well for this uh, this type of game. But hmm, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think if there's anybody would try to maybe steal you know a position and put him in there. Um. Yeah, Casorla is really best shout. I mean, I, Fabregas really, I think, would also be a good shout as well. But I think the close spaces, I think Casorla is just definitely better. So, uh, yeah. I mean, if it were, yeah. If Adams wasn't in there and it was just Vieira, yeah, Casorla. All right, Tanner, and you. All right, so for United, um, especially for a small-sided five-a-side game where you have a lot of lower shots you have to have someone who's good at making saves with their feet so even though i don't think he's the best keeper of all time for united i'd have david de Gea in next because i feel like on a five aside goal he'd just be like you're not scoring i mean don't get me wrong peter schmeichel incredible goalkeeper <laughs> edwin vandersart incredible goalkeeper but feet saves for dave is david de Gea. you know like that's what he does like so in five aside he'd just be perfect for it i think um in terms of having to have a defender for me i'd have rio ferdinand I love Rio Ferdinand. I thought he was great on the ball, and he's all over the place. Vidic is great, but, like, you know, I don't need someone who's destroying someone's souls like Danny Rose or something in a, in a five-a-side game. And obviously, you know, you could go Yapsam, you could go Pallister, you could go Bruce, but I don't think those guys in five-a-side have the skill set. Um, Paul Scholes. No, Keen? no, no Keane. Paul Scholes. 
And then um, Cristiano Ronaldo, and then Wayne Rooney, I think. And then for me, I think the, the hardest player to leave out, mostly because I don't have a reference point of having seen him, but knowing that he was the best player in the world at the time, if he told me I don't have to have a defender, I drop Rio Ferdinand and I put George Best in, in a heartbeat. But obviously, having never been able to see George Best play and just having to see, you know, documentaries and highlight clips of the guy, you know, he'd be my one. Like, if you had to pick a historical player to put in the side, I'd put him in there. But obviously, most of these guys are based off of me watching them. So, um, but yeah, so De Gea, Rooney, Ronaldo, Rio Ferdinand, and Paul Scholes. I mean, yeah, I was definitely shocked that you didn't have best in there. But then, yeah, okay. You, 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 you it's know. tough, man. You, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Ronaldo and Rooney are also, you, you know, it's kind of you're, you're, you're pulling hairs at that point, splitting, splitting ends. I think with all of our teams, we just have like, even though they're more recent, uh, of, of more recent eras, they're still all timers. And I just think that we've, we've all been lucky, really. Um, not just with the players on our own team, but the players in general that we've been able to watch most of, if not all of their career. I mean, like Messi, Ronaldo are the obvious examples, but there are others, man, who have been, you know, like just, just so much fun to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we've been lucky for sure. In this I've era. been lucky. I mean, AJ <laughs> kind of caught the tail end of it, so not as lucky, but. Not, not as lucky, but uh, yeah, I mean, and definitely for you, Mark, you got like a bunch of the, the more recent guys and it's Have like, to, yeah. yeah, and, but it, it's one of those things where, um, yeah, I mean, Chelsea doesn't have any history. Before, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. Anyway. He's been waiting. He's been waiting. Uh, uh, all right, so <laughs> let's get into the mailbag. And <laughs> you guys send in these questions through IG's story. Please continue to do so. We might answer your questions through, uh, in the future. First question comes from me, cute P. What's the latest on player injuries, not including El Rey? Who wants the answer? Mark. Uh, I mean, they honestly, I think they should be mostly healthy by now, right? I mean, like, we do. Yeah, Escobar was kind of a mystery. Like, they just listed it as dead leg. Um, so it seemed like that might have affected him for maybe a couple, a few weeks. Um, but Miles Robinson was running. You know what I mean? Like, he was participating in training, so he should be good. Um, I mean, yeah. like, I, don't, I think we're mostly healthy at this point, except for Joseph, or should be very soon. All right. Yeah, I think that's that's the thing about right now is, you know, the uh, the media haven't really been able to even visit the training grounds. So there have been no updates on the, the players and what they're up to and if they've healed or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, the only one that we know of that is uh, actually rehabbing uh, anything is Jose Martinez, obviously. So, right. uh, yep. Next question comes from Keaton Thomas, 61. Would you rather the season finish in November, December, or even in the spring like EPL? Tanner. I mean, I think the difficult part about that is if you have the league finishing in the spring, then you're probably permanently having to adjust your schedule or you're going to have to figure out somewhere where you finish the, the 2021 season very, very quickly. Um, I mean, for me personally, you know, I both love and hate the timeline that MLS uses. Um, I love it because it means I get to watch soccer and a team I'm invested in all year round. And it helps span those kind of dog days of summer, which get really slow and boring sometimes if you just have a team in the Premier League or in Europe and you're just refreshing Reddit for transfer sagas every single day. 
Um, but at the same time, you know, it would kind of be nice for them to as well to follow the same the same schedule just because it makes in terms of transfers and the team getting built a whole lot easier where you don't have to worry about the whole summer of your team who's playing if someone's going to leave in the middle of your year like that. Um, but at the same time, you know, we, we still don't know how long this is going to go on. Um, me personally, I don't want them to have to compact everything. So if you could figure out a way to finish it in the new year and also get your 2021 season in, that's what I would do. And maybe that means finishing your 2021 season in December again. Um, and, mm-hmm. You know, I'd rather have that than trying to smash everything into 2020 and you maybe potentially pick up some more injuries because you're having players play too often. Yeah. Uh, quickly, uh, Mark, what are you there? Um, I don't know about the spring. Uh, I mean, like, I wouldn't mind, but like Tanner said, I think uh, the later you end this season, the more uh, difficult it is logistically for future seasons. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it, December is probably the likely time frame right now anyway. And so if they, if they can finish it, uh, there's a precedent at least. And we've been able to at least uh, kind of hurriedly start the next season <laughs> and still make it work. So it's not the worst. But uh, next question comes from Debbie Miller, 26. Uh, she asks, any word on Joseph's return? Uh, Mark. No, I mean, well, we know he has, he's had the surgery. I mean, like, that's the first step and the most important step. So, like, we know he's rehabbing. In terms of a target date, it just depends on how well his rehab goes, honestly. Yeah. Like, these, these are the most important days now. So six, okay. seven months usually. So if he's ahead of schedule, then maybe September, but most likely it's going to be October, November. Yeah, if he's on Zlatan's uh, time frame anyway. But uh, again, I'm in that time frame or mindset that he should not play the this season. Um, if he's really showing that he's able to, uh, you know, do some Zlatan things, you know, right when he comes back, sure, maybe. But uh, I think you just save him if you can. But uh, yeah. so... In my case, he should not return. Uh, next question comes from Lawson Say. Uh, was it zero four? Uh, am I the only one that likes the postponement more rehab for Joseph? Okay, we kind of uh, touched on this a little bit, but yeah, definitely more rehab for sure for him, and that's really helpful. Uh, and so, if he does come back, be great. Um, okay, next question comes from Nick B Studios. Will we even see Castro play anymore? And that's Manuel Castro. And remember, he's on a six-month loan, and so he will uh, have to go back, I think, in June, I believe, or July. Either way, uh, you know, that's uh, if this kind of suspension still happens and continues where we don't even get to start for a certain amount of time. We'll have seen him for all of, what, like 10, 15 minutes? They'll probably end up extending that loan, is my gut feeling, is if they want him to play, unless they find other options, which is this, this is a chance for them to maybe assess and go, hey, maybe we do need something else somewhere and more players move on. But I still, I feel like having not seen him at all, they'd figure out some sort of extension to where they actually get to see him play before they decide whether or not they want to, you know, keep him or let him go back. Yeah, Mark? Yeah, because it's the difficulty with this deal is that it was kind of complicated from the beginning, where it's, you know, there's an initial loan and then, you know they can extend it for the year, and then they purchase the or option to purchase or whatever. I think that um, they'll, yeah, at least extend the loan. You know, I think uh, LA United will want to see what they have with this guy. Uh, um, they obviously liked him for a reason. So you know, unless something drastically changes between now and we we can start playing again, um, but yeah, they'll probably I think end up having to extend the loan or do something like that's just that's one of those deals that's affected by. Uh, you know in terms of like that's 
a decision has to be made on it this summer you know like mm -hmm. now now what yeah uh in total agreement so uh we'll leave it at that uh next question comes from omar 1386 canceling ccl good or bad for us after that three nil loss mark what ccl <laughs> cancel um no um i would like to play the second leg versus america uh, preferably <laughs> preferably in the bands you know if it's available and they can do it um just because you know it would it would be basically like a brand new team and so you know it's like we let's see what happens yeah yeah, yeah. Dana? i would not want it at the bins the specific reason of if we're three nil down and things aren't going well it would be a complete home game for club america because you know they'd still sell that thing out and most Atlanta United fans wouldn't be bothered paying the ticket master fees of having to play a game at the bins and having to buy a ticket. Plus the cost of the ticket, which would probably be more than the 50 bucks potentially than what you paid at Kennesaw. So who really wants to pay 75 bucks to see Atlanta United possibly get crushed for a second time by Club America and it basically be a home game because the whole thing's yellow? Nah, I'm fine. Just don't even worry about playing the Champions League this year. No one wins it. Write that game off. It never happened. And we still have the only win over Club America and they haven't beat us at all. Throw that in the bin just like Liverpool's Premier League season. <laughs> all very biased reasons. Um, but I think it's also even talking about canceling CCL to begin with is a very interesting concept as well because it's, the money's I mean, not worth it though. Like the money's not in it. Yeah, I agree. It, it is uh, definitely a, you know a, a thing of contention for uh, people that are in the competition or at least people watching the competition. But uh, I mean, it still is the continental competition and. I guess it's uh, contingent maybe on if the other Champions Leagues around the world are going to finish theirs. Because if, yeah, you know, North America can't have a uh, a representative in the Club World Cup, then it'll be kind of strange. Like, it'll be Well, it'll next be year was weird anyway. The Club World Cup was supposed to change because oh, it was supposed... I'm not sure if there was one in 2020, but 2021 was supposed to be where I believe that they start having, like, the 32-team tournament. And that's yeah. not going to happen anymore, uh -huh. I don't think, because the uh -huh. Euros and everything will be next year. And yeah. who's going to be sending players to play in a club world cup and the same players are going to go play in copa america and the euros right yeah yeah it would be like the split team that liverpool had uh earlier this year it would be it could very... be the greatest thing ever and it kills the club world cup for all of us because no one really cares about that trophy unless you're a liverpool fan yeah or a real madrid fan but anyway uh next question or last question comes from uh stinky tofu 90 uh, asked, uh, hey, Atlanta United Fan TV, my question was too long for the IG story, but this is my question. Question, AJ, I know you are a huge Outcast fan. How do you feel about Joseph's mural being voted over Outcast mural? Mad snub, right? Thanks. I, uh, I kind of disagree. I mean, I don't think it's really a mad snub. I think, uh, you know, they're just more, I think, you know, it's more relevant right now, Atlanta United versus Outcast, and uh, I think Outcast was like second anyway. So I'm not really sweating it too hard. Um, yeah. I love both, obviously, and it's just, uh, I mean, if either of them won, it'd be great. But uh, if Atlanta and Josephs won, and especially in light of uh, you know his injury and whatnot, I think this is a, a fantastic like boost in his. Uh, kind of morale and feather in his cap in his rehab right now. So, not to mention, uh, it was left to an online vote. So, there was only ever going to be one winner. If Atlanta yep. is involved in an <laughs> online vote, go ahead and chalk it up as a dub. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 63% yeah. as a write in vote. Yeah. Seriously. 
Right. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that does it for the mailbag and pretty much the entire show, except for the question of the day. And the question of the day is, what are you guys doing to keep from boredom in the quarantine? What movies, TV shows, books are you consuming? Give us some suggestions because I'm sure we're all about to feel even more of the quarantine coming soon. So let us know in the comments below. Do you guys have any suggestions real real quick, right quick of I mean, anything? I went and bought a keyboard and I'm learning how to play that. So like I did something really random with my time and my money for, I was like, <laughs> I have a lot of free time now. So may as well learn an instrument. Because I've already played lots of video games and watched lots of Netflix in my life. So I'm trying to be productive. Cooking more as well. Kind of doing some stuff. Trying oh, to do self-improvement. You know hey. what I mean? Like, what else do I have to do? It's the only place I can go to get food and do anything. So I may as well get fresh food instead of eating frozen pizza and bagel bites like I ate before this freaking thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, man. You were like... <laughs> but anyway, Mark? Yeah, I got one movie, one TV show, one book. So uh, I started Breaking Bad. I'm already in season two. Um pretty solid so far uh one of the loving, best shows ever if not ever yeah yeah loving the character development loving that all of that um uh movie i watched the uh, goodfellas recently which i've seen before but like i saw it, it was on netflix and i was like oh yeah it's been a while still good um a little more goodfellas recently. or godfather i'm the godfather oh. guy uh probably probably godfather because of one and two were both fantastic so and then three never happened <laughs> yeah and also uh there's a fair amount of probably accurate racism in goodfellas but you know let's see here there. uh and <laughs> um in terms of a book so like years ago i don't know if you guys remember that great big uh, the great book of basketball that bill simmons wrote oh uh yeah, yeah i love bill simmons i haven't yeah heard of that yeah. book but yeah, this is like years ago. My friend gave oh. it to me, and I found that book again. I was like, you know what? I I, I haven't read it. I'm gonna read it. So that's my that's my goal anyway. I haven't actually started, but I told myself that I would read that book. Awesome. Well, uh, guys, let us know in the comments below what your suggestions are, and that's it for us today. Thank you to all of the hospital workers, people stocking up groceries, delivering food, picking up the trash, all those keeping our infrastructure in place. You are the real heroes for sure. But uh, stay safe, fam. And guys, that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and a rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Tanner and Mark, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening.